0: Welcome to
1: Me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you
2: to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side. If that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. coffee is me listeners how are you i hope you're doing well i hope you have a great cup of coffee or you are on an amazing walk or hike while listening to this podcast thank you so much for tuning in today i have an awesome guest i mean come on all our guests are awesome right today we have eddie from coffee conspiracy from santa cruz this episode was recorded during the course at booth coffee campus This course is called uh, Roasting Lab Pro Business, where future coffee entrepreneurs learn about roasting business and also roasting. We roast a lot, we practice a lot, but we also uh, talk about business aspects like packaging, branding, uh, and we also pitch our ideas to each other so we can kind of uh, troubleshoot them. If you're interested in this course, next course is in July, so you can sign up. Ximun students is... Six, so you know, I prefer that there are maximum two people per roster. I think this is more fun, anyway. Back to Eddie. So, Eddie is a, another person who started his business during the lockdowns. I mentioned this many times before in a podcast that for some people, lockdowns were the tragedy, and some for some people, lockdowns were an opportunity. And I think the people who could see the opportunity or they could pivot into new models, are the ones who are going to get out of this very well. And he did. He simplified the model of an espresso cart into a cold brew cart. You know, setting up espresso cart is financially a little bit more challenging. Also, you need more power. It just like takes a little bit more effort. And he went in a way of a cold brew, which is genius, right? He is from Santa Cruz, don't forget, right? Santa Cruz, beautiful beach, Pacific Ocean, so I think that cold brew kind of fits to that theme. He started with offering single origin cold brews, but now he started also roast his own coffee using a co-roasting space. Another awesome move, I think. And how does this work for him? Uh, how is his business doing? You will hear in this podcast. But before we dive into this podcast, if you are attending the SCA event in Boston, then come and say hi. I'll be brewing some awesome Panama La Mula Geisha at the Panamanian booth um, on Friday and Saturday. So come say hi, come have some awesome coffee. Uh, I roasted that coffee, Willem did trust me to work with this and I hope I can pull off amazing flavors for you. Also on Friday around noon noonish, you can taste other La Mula lot at the Ground Control booth. So if you come to the Ground Control guys, and that's the amazing brewer. By the way, Eddie is also using Ground Control for making his cold brew. But on this event, we're going to not use cold brew, but regular coffee from Ground Control. I think fr- Friday 12:30 is when you can taste another lot of Lamula on uh, Ground Control's booth. I'm looking forward to meet you if we have chance. If not, I hope we'll have another opportunity. Come stop by Booth and have coffee with me. Anyways, let's listen what Eddie and the students of Booth Coffee Campus have to say. Hey, Enjoy. Coffee is Me, listener. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee is Me podcast. Today, again, I was a bit lazy and I used our students at uh, Booth Coffee Campus to assist me in this uh, podcast and I a guest eddie from coffee conspiracy welcome eddie
0: hey thank you thank you so much for having me on today
2: so uh welcome students i'm so happy to have you here and helping me out with the questions but before i give the floor to you i have few questions selfishly i have few questions for you sure so usually we warm up with a question about your first coffee experience do you remember your first cup of coffee and how was it
0: I do remember my first cup of coffee, my grandmother made it for me. Um, I was probably around 10 or 11 years old when she started making coffee for me. And well, she used to do a lot of cream and a lot of sugar. So naturally, I really liked it as a kid, right? Because it was super sweet and it gave me a ton of energy. I remember that bouncing off the walls. Uh, My family's from Nicaragua, so like deep history with coffee. Um, So I remember her making it every morning as a kid.
2: Okay, that's... I guess most of us started with some nice sugary drinks. And when did you decide that uh, the coffee is going to be something you were going to make money with? Uh, My first job in coffee was at Pete's
0: Coffee. And that's when I really fell in love with the coffee industry for sure. I was, I think, 17 when I started at Pete's. So we're going way back now. Back to the 90s.
2: Oh, wow. They didn't even do Fredo's yet. Mm. No blended drinks. Okay. So I have a funny uh, like relation with Pete's coffee. Uh, it was my favorite b- brand while living in Europe and visiting California because simply my mother-in-law loved Pete's and at that time I was a dark coffee drinker and I was like, you know, you have to support local brand, not Starbucks. Sure. Still love Starbucks for different reasons. And when I came here uh, and I tried to get a job, they, they were the first one who offered me a job interview but only because I sent them a crazy cover letter. Normally I, I wrote these regular cover letters, what they teach you to do, you know, it's like the standard style and nobody replied. So I was like, I'm going to write one crazy about how nuts I'm about coffee and I'm yeah. going to change the world and somebody liked it. But then I had an interview with them and the manager did not like some of my answers. Interesting. Yeah. How can you not like my answers? I know. Like, imp- like my, one of my answers was like, uh, pay more for baristas. Oh, dude, that's like...
0: Well, they, well, they don't want to hear that. No.
2: <laughs> but that's good because, you know, that meant that I could find my way to boot. Sure. Some way. And I'm loving my job, loving my life. So it's yeah. crazy. And the other experience is that I meet a lot of people from Pete's Coffee who are very passionate about coffee. They come here as a student. Unfortunately, not Pete's Coffee paying them. They pay for their own money. And I'm just fascinated that. So the Pete's Coffee does something well, something right when it comes to inspiring coffee people to come and work for them. Sure. Is it money? It's usually not money. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. um, You have a brand called Coffee Conspiracy. Correct, yes. With a cool logo. Yes. I'm very, very proud of Coffee Conspiracy. Tell us what Coffee Conspiracy is and what you do. I
0: started over the pandemic. I am a birth of COVID. I've been in and out of been in and out of the coffee industry for about 20 years. Every time I tried to leave the coffee industry, I fell right back into it. But um, the last decade I was in LA doing a lot of coffee consulting, building up barista programs, cafe management. I moved to Santa Cruz in 2019. I took a job with a local roaster and I probably worked for them for like three months when lockdowns came. So the pandemic hit, I got, we all got the resignation letter that we were being laid off. And so that's when I decided to try to focus on building my own brand. Um, I kind of felt like it was a level playing field for the the world and everything was shut down. I didn't have anything else to do. We also had unemployment and stimulus money coming in from the federal package. I had all this money coming in every month and nothing but downtime. So that's when I started strategizing on what I wanted my, my brand to be, how I wanted to approach it, what I was able to do with the amount of money that I had. And I settled, since everything was locked down and everybody could only be outside, I settled on a coffee bike. So I got a cold brew bike and I started out with Onyx Onyx coffee lab was my first wholesale account. Um, I started out as a multi roast concept, so I didn't have the funds or the infrastructure to roast coffee or to do anything like that. So I decided to sell other people's coffee. So I started out with Onyx coffee lab and then every month I would cycle through a new roaster and I'd feature little micro micro roasters and try to find cool little hidden gems in the coffee world. I worked with like the coffee wizards out of Wisconsin. I worked with, um, Yellow Brick out of Arizona, um, Moon Goat out of Orange County, all these cool little, little micro roasters. And I hit the street seven, seven days a week for probably the first eight or nine months. I never took a day off. I was on the coffee bike every day just trying to get the name out there. I'd pedal the streets of Santa Cruz. I would sell cold brew and bags of coffee. And then I finally found, after a few months, I found a little spot to park the bike at in Santa Cruz. And it's like a cliff area where all the surfers hang out and go surfing. So I've got this cool backdrop of the ocean. So that's where I kind of put my flag in the ground and made it my little cafe space. Um, and I built a little cold following, just pounding the pavement, just being out there every single day. And it just kind of evolved into me, figuring out what the next step could be. Cause I really don't have any aspirations of owning a brick and mortar, which sounds crazy to most coffee people, but I've ran enough of them personally to where I don't feel like it's worth the, the energy and the stress for me. Um, So that's why I decided to start trying to figure out how to get my own branded product, so I could actually build the brand. Um, Doing multiple bikes didn't sound fun to me either. I didn't like the idea of franchising. It's my baby that I've kind of built, you know, from the ground up. So I started talking with a customer actually who would come by the bike every day and chat with me and get coffee. And he's been in the e-commerce space for about a decade. So the more that we talked, we decided that we should kind of join forces and start our own line of coffee. So that's when I started looking into sourcing coffee and like what it would take to start roasting and things like that. And I launched my coffee line. I started on the bike October, no, in July 2020. And I launched my coffee line this last November. Awesome. So now now I stopped doing the multi roast feature and now I'm just 100% coffee conspiracy. So you're still doing the bike though, right? I'm still on the bike. Yeah, I'm still on the bike. I do the bike Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then Monday through Thursday, I'm roasting and packaging and labeling. I'm still a one-man show. So I do all the labeling. I do all the packaging. I do all my own paperwork. I source all the coffee. I roast all the coffee. I do
2: everything. Yeah, man, I've been there. So I know exactly what you're talking about, the, the packaging. The, my favorite part was always packaging. Yeah. Not. <laughs> um, but, but uh, so, okay, uh, there's a lot of things to unpack here. Because sure, first yeah, of yeah. All, bike and you didn't go to the typical espresso slash cappuccino and sugary drinks you've just like you know i'm going to do a cold brew right so you stand out right yep what does it mean um do people like you more or less that you don't offer them espresso based drinks
0: um it's hit or miss i say most people are fine with it um it's hard to produce a consistently good cup of coffee on a bike especially being outdoors, you know, there's a lot of other elements to it with wind and being by the ocean and humidity and like pulling an espresso sauce is not going to happen next to the ocean with all the in- in fluctuation of temperature and humidity and cold is just so straightforward. But what kind of set my cold brew apart from everybody was I was trying to do something that was for coffee people. So I, all my coffee, all my cold brew single origin, and I focus on experimental mi- micro lots. So I, I run anaerobics as cold brew. I run naturally processed coffees. I've ran geishas as cold brews. Um, I try to find really cool micro lots that nobody's running cold brew like that at a coffee shop. Usually you're going to get a blend. I have no places that run like roaster scraps, you know, and you're going to get a decent cold brew. But mine is really, my company is really geared for coffee people something that they can get excited about when people come to the bike and they find me for the first time and, they're, and if they're a coffee person, they're like, you have an anaerobically processed coffee from Guatemala, this is crazy as a cold brew.
2: It does sound to me crazy because I think you're right. Anytime I met uh, a cold brew, hello cold brew, my name is Valerian kind of thing, there's always kind of like very bland, very simple. Sure. And that's why uh, with Marcus we discussed this before in the podcast, we like iced coffees better than cold brews and I think the reason was not because it is an uh, issue with the cold brew per se, but because most people using kind of bland or kind of boring coffees for cold brew. So sure. that sounds interesting. Yeah. And you know what, guys? I think we are going to bring him our cold brew geisha, which we did yesterday. Ooh. Uh, so once they get into their questions, I just go to the kitchen and grab it. Here's what you think.
0: Yes, please.
2: How do you make your cold brew, by the way?
0: So right now i use a ground control unit. Uh, that's something new for me. Originally, um, I was doing a blend of full immersion and I guess Kyoto drip style. It was kind of I wasn't using a toddy bucket. I, I still to this day won't tell you how I, how I make it. Um, every, that was the number one question I got because it tasted so different than everybody else's cold brew. Usually cold brew is like really harsh. Sometimes you get it. It's so concentrated, like your eyes rattle around in your head when you take a sip. But mine was always (laughs) super smooth and sweet and delicate. It was almost more like an iced pour over sometimes, the the, the way it was so delicate. So that was the number one question I got. And since it was coffee conspiracy, I kind of leaned into it. So I've never really told anybody the equipment that I was using, but it was a
2: blend of full immersion and like a drip style. But now it's ground control.
0: Now it's all on ground control.
2: Yeah. yeah. So we are not... uh paid by ground control but not at all no we're actually using ground control here too that's why we use the cold brew because for me it's fascinating that you can make it in eight minutes sure you know i'm a busy man i don't have time to you know uh play around for 24 hours yeah so making it on the ground 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 control in eight minutes is kind of fun it's it's Yeah, can basically we can here in a course you can try different rows and right away run them through ground control and absolutely chill them and taste them it's much better than kind of like figuring it out over a few days
0: uh yeah and having to wait you know it revolutionized the workflow for me because before i was waiting 16 to 18 hours for a back you know to do a keg yeah you know because i had a, to, with the full immersion and now i can do a
2: keg in less than an hour do you do nitro brews or just it's all brews? nitro oh it's okay yeah, so everything's
0: okay. on nitro yeah yeah i just do a black or sweet and creamy that's it you get two options i do one thing and you can get it two different ways super straightforward nobody has to really think a lot about it do you do it like a soup Nazi? If somebody wants a cappuccino, you go like, no cappuccino for you. That's right. No, Hey, you know what's better than no coffee is iced coffee, is what I tell people.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I was recently in Santa Cruz. Uh, we did this uh, family trip. We flew down to L.A., rented a car, and drove up, visited different colleges for my son. And obviously, uh, I checked out some coffee scene in L.A. Uh, in, uh, I visited former students um, we went to fringe and also in santa cruz i was curious about verve and sure. and cat and cloud
0: cat and cloud sure those are the big dogs in santa cruz
2: so how is it possible that you have this amazing coffee clutch and you had a balls to go with your own um it was just one of those things
0: that that i had to do um I knew that I was doing something different than everybody else. So that's what kind of set me apart. Um, and they were closed down. So nobody had the option to go to Cat and Cloud <laughs> or Verve. For a while, I was the only place in Santa Cruz where you could come outdoors and actually get a, get a cup of coffee. Um, but for me, it was like doing one, one item and doing it well. Cat and Cloud doesn't even do nitro cold brew. Um, Verve has one, but the area that I'm at, I'm kind of set away from any other coffee shops. I'm a few miles away. So there's really no... I don't really feel like I'm taking business away from anybody because of where I'm parked, there's nothing around me. Um, But also, I think there's enough room for everybody.
2: Definitely. I I saw that you were stunned by that question a little bit. I was a little uh, bit, yeah, yeah. How can this guy be so rude? No, it's... it's, And I love how you recovered from that. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things which you learn here always stand out because there's a lot of awesome coffee already there. For sure. And having the balls, let me use that word again, to go and just do you you, I think that's super impressive yeah congrats on that okay so other thing is that uh, so one would you recommend to somebody like them who are kind of thinking of starting a business to go this kind of alternative quotation mark weird way yeah Uh, second do you think how hard is it to do uh, let's say a cold brew card Um, I wouldn't say it's incredibly hard I'd
0: say the one of the hardest parts is just showing up every day You know, that's what most people aren't willing to do is the is the consistency is definitely key, especially when doing something like that. That's service based is that people have to rely on you and get to know you and know that you're going to be there for them when they want that cup of coffee. So doing something cart based, the consistency was definitely key. And then I think finding one specific place to set up as far as the cart business goes. I know a lot of other people like to rotate around and pop up at different places, but then everyone's constantly trying to find you because I know. Living in L.A. and being like in the food truck scene in the, in, the, in the restaurant culture, like food trucks are such a big part of like the L.A. scene, but it's also kind of frustrating that they park at different places all the time. And you have to constantly be trying to find them. Um, so I think, st- I think being in one p- and strategically being in one place is very helpful because that's where people know to find you every single time
2: that you are out. How hard is it to start a, a cold brew stand like that? Is it expensive or um, what's the hardest part?
0: the hardest part the hardest part is probably just getting up every day and just going full full force with it honestly the hardest part is the consistency and keeping keeping on the keeping yourself on track and keeping yourself motivated is probably the hardest part of being an entrepreneur or being like an independent business owner that's what i find cool uh, can you get rich you can absolutely of course you can there's plenty of money out there for everybody you just got to figure out how to get your hands on it
2: so when czechoslovakia changed from communism to democracy we had uh still during czechoslovakia with since then we split uh we had a, a prime minister uh who has a very famous saying he said you know people complained that oh we became very poor after communism you know we have to change the regime there was a liberalization of prices when our communistic prices ended and we had to adjust to the western prices and he said the money is everywhere. Money is laying on the streets. You just have to come and pick it up. And if you were a smart businessman, you understood what he said. Like basically, hustle, get it. And if you were just a complainer, you go like, what the heck is he talking about? So, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so you guys, do you have questions? I hope so, because then I can go grab the cold brew. Anyone wants to start?
1: OK, hello. This hello. is Cata from Rufo Cafe in Argentina. Um, well, what, everything you've done so far is Really good, so congrats. Thank you. I'm interested in who is your customer? It's like you mentioned that you went through different places and then you stopped close to the surfers. Would you say that you target surfers? And is that something that you thought and then you did, or it just happened and now you're like, okay, I've been around and now I know this is my customer?
0: I'm really I've been I've become pretty embedded in the community. So I'd say most of my business is just from the community because the area where I park the bike, it's a residential area as well. So not only do you have the beach behind you, but then literally right across are like apartments and streets and housing. So a lot of people in the community got to get to know me because everybody comes and walks the cliff, they take their dog to the cliff and they're surfing. So I'd say my average customer are people that live within that immediate community. And now I've kind of become their go-to person to get a cup of coffee or they buy beans for me on a regular basis.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. One last that your question? Yes. All right,
1: yes. cool. One last question since I'm here. You mentioned that now you're roasting yourself and you have your own beans. Right. Do you just roast for cold brew or you roast for filter coffee, espresso?
0: I roast for everything, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I do retail bags and then I also roast for cold brew specifically. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Hey, Eddie. Hey, what's up? uh, Uh, My name's Rob. Rob McCauley. Um, I came down from Arcata, but I'm a Santa Cruz County native, so it's cool. Hi, dude. I love Arcata. Watsonville, hi. Nice. Um, So uh, my first question is pitfalls. It's starting your journey. Any common mistakes uh, you could help us
0: avoid? Um, Price everything. Keep track of every dollar in and every dollar out, for sure. Like 100%. I think that's a common mistake that gets overlooked um but doing it on a daily basis will give you a better idea of where you're at at the end of the week and even at the end of the month right on account for every dollar and get in the habit of not only accounting for every dollar in and out but get in the habit of counting all your product obviously like doing a scheduled inventory whether it's every day or every week but definitely keeping track, right? Even just down to the amount of cups that you're using on a daily basis. Starting spreadsheets early, that was one of the mistakes that I made. I kind of just went, I kind of went willy nilly at the beginning and I wasn't keeping track of like inventory and things like that because I was just so focused on just getting out there and just trying to make a sale Mm -hmm. that a lot of the paperwork on the back end kind of fell behind. So then a few months in, I was trying to play catch up and trying to start these habits.
3: Okay. Are you using any sort of uh, programs like Propster, Artisan, any of that to help you along that?
0: Um, I do QuickBooks for a lot of things and I use, uh, I use the, uh, the G drive for a lot of stuff too. Um, I haven't really gotten to the back end of Cropster yet, but I know it can be really helpful with like tracking inventory. Okay. Right now I do QuickBooks. Um, and a lot of that's done by my business partner. I I, have my business partner focuses on a lot of the back end of the business for me so that I can stay on the front end.
3: Yeah. Sounds good. Um, this two part question. You said you're roasting. Yep. What roaster did you
0: choose and why? I roast at Pulley Collective. They're in Oakland. They're a collective where you pay monthly, and there's about 10 of us that work out of there. And I chose to roast on the loring because it seemed to be the most efficient. And the I'm doing like an apprenticeship. Roasting is a new endeavor for me in the coffee world. I've done everything in coffee besides roast it. Um, So who I'm doing an apprenticeship with my buddy Dan from bird and bear coffee Mm -hmm. and he roasts on the loring So it only made sense to just kind of follow follow his lead
3: So you're saying you're an apprentice, but you have a successful business already rolling. Correct. Awesome, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks for the insight
0: Yeah, for sure
4: Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm from Virginia, actually. Portsmouth, Virginia. I am still in the very beginning process of, or processes or whatever, of developing my company. Um, I'm focusing a lot on the how, and I probably shouldn't do that, but, I mean, it's just analytical and ADHD. Um, So, um, I have a few questions. The first one is going to be, did you utilize any of the resources from the Small Business Association? administration or associates the SBA I did not you did not no. okay
0: I didn't even look into whether or not I qualified from what I understood I wouldn't have because I don't have any employees and I hadn't been in business long enough okay yeah
4: um, and okay so you're still learning how to roast so you're an apprentice but from the time that you first started roasting to actually putting the product out like how long of a
0: time of space like
4: time span was that?
0: Um, Probably about two months.
4: Okay, well that's pretty good. Um, How many signature blends do you currently have and how many did you plan to have when you were developing your?
0: So right now everything's single origin. I'm going back and forth on whether or not I will roll out a blend. It's possible in the future, but right now everything's single origin. Okay. Yeah.
4: So, well, how many single origins do you... Right now,
0: I have five in the current lineup, which is way more than I expected to have at once at any given time, but it just kind of happened that way. Two are about to fall off. I've almost completely sold out of my first two coffees, and I'm going to have three. The goal is to have around three or four for right now, and just until I get in the full swing of things.
4: And what made you choose those particular single origin coffees? Is it based on your flavor palette, you know, or your customer. Okay. So because of that, I'm just, because my idea is I want to involve my customers in the process of, you know, what I'm going to offer, what I'm going to sell. Um, like how six, well, I don't mean, I don't need to know financials, but like, do you find that you're really successful in choosing them based on your flavor pro, you know, your Uh, Favorite palette or whatever?
0: I tend to like really funky coffees, um, really juicy and fruit-forward coffees. It's been kind of fun getting people turned on to those coffees because I feel like a lot of people can be scared of them sometimes. And that's what's been fun about the bike is I feel like everyone hates that pretentious coffee shop and people feel threatened walking into them. But being outdoors and being by the ocean, I feel like there's something where people really let their guard down and they're able to have these conversations about coffee and they like that it's fun and loose and they can ask questions and not have to feel worried about feeling stupid or not um so i've actually it's been fun to turn people on and kind of turn people into coffee nerds and i've encountered a lot of customers who normally would never buy a coffee that's funky or juicy or fruit for but i've kind of gained their trust because i haven't steered them wrong yet and so they're willing to take these chances on it and try something new and usually everyone's pretty pleasantly surprised um i will say though as as a lover and a coffee nerd a funky juicy Fruity coffees. I recently dropped a coffee from Nicaragua that's just like milk, chocolate, and caramel and by far it's been the number one seller out of all the coffees. So really? As much as we coffee nerds like funky coffees, never underestimate the power of just like chocolate and nuts and toffee and caramel, like it kind of sells itself.
4: Yeah. All right. I think that's it for now. I might come back
2: for someone. one. Thank you. Before Chris comes, can you try the… Oh, yeah. bad. How can we improve it? I think it's missing a little body. Is that from the ground control? Uh So what would you do differently?
0: I'd have to see what what parameters you're running it at.
2: Okay, I'll show you
0: that. Yeah, for sure. Sorry.
5: All right. Well, uh, my name's Chris Mahoney-Pick. I'm from uh, Northbridge, Massachusetts. So go Rams, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, so I have a very small community. There is not a cafe in town within miles. I live Perfect. in the woods. You mentioned you're cafe out. What's the hardest part for you in the cafe scene that you disliked?
0: managing people. the people. It's hard to find reliable people.
5: Who want to go seven days a week.
0: Who want and actually want to work. And I feel like it's increasingly hard as time goes on with the new generation. Personally, that's my own experience. I find it very hard to get people that actually want to show up and work and actually do a good job. Personally, I think a lot of there's a lot of lack of integrity with the new generation in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it's hard for them to take direction and feedback too so it gets really challenging when you're coaching people sure because people people are pretty sensitive
5: all right so second question you are packaging and selling from your bike correct what what are you storing it in like what's your you have a bike you must have
0: have i have a bike the bike is set up uh, the, box, the box that's attached to the bike was originally set up for ice cream. I ran keg lines through it. Um, so I've got a nitrogen tank in there and a couple of kegs and some ice blankets. And then I have like a big, almost like a storage container that I bring out with like my coffee beans and my steep packs. And so when I get to the cliff, I can set everything up and display it on the cart.
5: All right. Yeah. So your quad muscles are pretty strong. Pretty crazy, yeah. yeah. Actually, I cheat
0: now. I have a truck. I put the bike in. Um, But for the first nine months, I rode the bike probably 15 to 20 miles a day. It's 300 pounds, fully loaded. I would get off the bike and push it up hills. Um, Yeah, it was pretty intense. All
5: right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Congratulations.
0: Hey, thanks.
2: All right. Thank you, guys. I hope you come back for a second round. But now it's my turn. All right. Uh, So I'm sorry you don't like the... uh, cold brew no it's great i didn't say i didn't like it no it's i can, great. i can read eyes
0: yeah no it's great so
2: and i love your by the way i love your honesty and your openness because you said to people that yeah i'm just i mean like i'm just learning to roast and that you know i i think that knowing united states a lot of people will just kind of like uh you know fake it until you make it kind of style right yeah so that's that's really brave i think and you are in very good hands Dan is awesome
0: so. dan's been great yeah he's been a he's been a real resource for me and that's another piece of advice for everybody is don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help because no one most of the time no one's ever going to say no i have reached out to so many different coffee companies to ask questions and Uh, try to get contacts and I've never had anybody say no that I've reached out to for any kind of help no matter what it was.
2: That's why why I started this podcast. So I was shy to go ask them and I was actually, I did ask them but usually you get, in my case, I got uh, very non answer answers. I was like, I will start a podcast and I will see whether they will reveal their secrets and you guys do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't have any more coffee brand but uh, anyway, so a few comments, the SBA resources. It's not only financial, but they also help you with your business plan, marketing, and that's free. So and you you do qualify. They're pretty awesome people there. So I, anyone who is United States, I recommend to do it because you don't lose anything except time and you don't lose time because you learn every time something. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Oh yeah, I wanted to comment that you know there's only better trainer there's only one better trainer for roasting than Daniel and that's me. <laughs> 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 Noted. No, I'm coding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm joking. But yeah, Daniel is awesome. Um, okay, so I think Kelly, you asked about involving customers about this decision about your product. That's a tricky one. That's a very tricky one because I know you guys wanna please your customers, but I, you know, when I started my coffee brands, which we did that with Unleashed Coffee because we did Dark Roast, and I'm not a Dark Roast guy, and despite of the fact that I got great compliments about, oh, your Dark Roast is the best, I always felt like, yeah, but I don't care. You know, it, I was never proud of that product. I think that going your way, when you kind of like, I have a passion for these coffees, I'm going to introduce them to you, I think it's better, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm, right or wrong about it but i think it's a better way because especially in the beginning you need that passion to go through hard times because you're going to have hard times and if you don't have the passion you know that will uh and also like if you ask people what do you like everybody will tell you something else and you get confused that was a situation with our name everyone
0: likes something different yeah exactly so you're gonna get a million different answers and it's easier to sell something that you're super excited about and super passionate about 100
2: percent. and just find your crowd
4: so, the reason I asked that is because, or I even mentioned that, is because when we were doing the cupping, our first cupping, the only cupping, the other day, my palette is completely different than everybody else's. Like, I liked the super duper, I like dark roast coffees. They feel like a hug. So, and everybody else was, you know, with the crisp, floral, citric, like citrusy coffees, which I do like them. I just prefer a darker, heavier coffee. Um, and I, and it's not like I'm trying to completely tailor it around everybody else's palette, but because I know that if it was up to me, it would be dark, 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 you know, dark, dark, darkest, dark, dark, you know? Um, and I just want at least, I don't know, some input, I don't know, I just thought that that was a good way to incorporate my customer sure in yeah. the development of it but well,
0: you could have a variety of coffees right that's the nice thing about coffees you can have the dark roasts and you can have the funkier single origins you could also ride the lane and like that's what you do is dark roasted coffees you know like i do cold brew everybody wants me to sell hot coffee i have a laundry list of things people think i should sell i mean hot dogs snow cones ice cream flip flops beach towels <laughs> chapstick right. waffles and i'm like you know i don't i don't do hot coffee right. i do cold brew so it's like you can go to Cat and Cloud, a mile and a half up the street, and get a cappuccino. But that's not what I do.
4: Right. Okay.
2: Thank you. Hundred percent. Do you? And I'm not going to be your customer, but there's hundreds of other people who are going to be your customer, and that's awesome, right? So if your passion is in dark, then do dark. Um. Yeah. So I'm not really. And about nothing's that.
0: ever set in stone. It can evolve. Yeah. You know. There's, especially starting out you can't really make any wrong moves especially when you're starting out there's no there's no wrong move to make it's it's always going to be evolving it's always going to be changing
2: i also want to address your comment about your uh, nicaragua chocolate nuts people are so underestimating simple coffees in my company in slovakia green plantation our best seller is our basic barista which is as it says, basic. It's basic uh, Colombian and basic Brazil blend. It's very nice, but it does not knock your socks off. The second best selling coffees are usually Brazils. Again, chocolate, nuts, you know, single origin, very nice Brazils, but nothing like geisha. And, you know, the, the uh, cranberry slash redcurrant, blackcurrant Kenyans, we love them personally, but they're not our bestsellers. And we offer them because we love them. We stand by them. It, maybe Ethiopians are the only exception which are one of the best sellers and they are kind of like have a lot of character to them. So I think having a base blend or base coffee for everyday drinkers is, is important. Definitely. Cool. Uh, I have a question about permits. Yes. So how did you go about that? I
0: started with Google, right? Google's your best friend. Um, There's nothing that you can't find on Google I found. Um, And then just reaching out to the county, I just, you know, started the conversations and reached out to the county and had to figure out who I needed to talk to and what the business model was. And luckily, I picked something that was pretty workable with the county because especially in Santa Cruz, they're not very friendly to food trucks, believe it or not. they don't really care for things that burn gas in Santa Cruz. So like the first three questions I got was if I'm burning any gas or using any kind of motors or engines. And if I'm preparing food or serving food. So those were the other two big ones too. And I'm not preparing food, I'm not serving food. I don't I don't even do dairy on the bike because dairies are a really tough one with the health department, even the cafe, it's every hour, I believe, now, or every hour and a half you have to swap it out. So I just do oat milk because it's not refrigerated. So everything on the bike is non-dairy
2: too. Oh, that's fascinating. So yeah. you don't have... That was my little loop around.
0: But it's cool. Yeah. So I do oat milk and I have a homemade vanilla syrup. So you can either get it black or sweet and creamy. Less is more. Simple, right? That's
2: very simple. It sounds, sounds great. Yeah. Wow. Questions? None. Wow. Last time we had much... I can see that you are a business person because you are very straightforward. And it's like... <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. I'll start with you. So
3: getting back to your s- starting up, uh, how would you get your name out there? Other than, hey, there goes Eddie on the bike. How would you get your name out there and, and get that going?
0: That was it. Just pure organic, just word of mouth, just just doing it, just hitting the streets. I, I, all I do is Instagram. I've never had a Facebook in my life. That was probably one of the other trickier parts was getting used to social media, because I'm such not a social media guy. I've never had a Facebook. I've never done Twitter i've never really done instagram so that was kind of my achilles heel starting out was like finding a rhythm for instagram and staying consistent but that was really it all i've done is just grown the brand with with word of mouth and and instagram word, word of mouth, mouth is always your best it's always it's always the best way for sure
2: so this, uh, definitely agree <clears throat> this is interesting uh you don't like social media you had to learn it was Correct. it worth it
0: i think so I think you have to have social media in this day and age to have an effective business, in my opinion. I think Instagram, if you're going to choose one, I think Instagram is your best bet for
2: sure. Okay. I can add to that. Uh, I think that you should pick one which you feel the most comfortable with. Yep. Uh, There is uh, one um, marketing guru, and he says you should speak the language of the social media you are on because it's a social media. So many times people think that you're going to be on social media, you're going to push rubbish, you know, because everybody else will read it. And you push your, you know, marketing and stuff. That's not how it works. Social media is to be social. It's your way to kind of meet other people who have similar ideas. So if you can communicate with nice pictures, uh, Instagram is your uh, playground. If you like to dance and do kind of weird moves, then TikTok. And if you are 12 year old, I guess. Uh, if you know, so basically you pick your one which which you like. Uh, I always criticize Kelly, uh, my the person who bought the Unleashed Coffee, because she has on her website, like six or seven social medias. And I was like, you cannot do a good job on that. And that's my main criticism of where she took Unleashed Coffee, or only criticism because everything else she does better than we did. That, you know, just pick one or two and stick to their language and be serious about it. Don't just push your logo out there all the time, the putting in people's faces, you know, it just, I don't know, it just feels unnatural.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Pe- people want more of a connection through social media. They want that personal connection um, and they want a story, which is what I'm always trying to drive on social media, is the story of Coffee Conspiracy and starting over the pandemic. Um, it makes a great story for people.
2: Do they ha- have for you more respect because you started uh, during pandemic? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Especially, I can always tell when someone's a business owner or an entrepreneur or someone that's successful because they get really excited about what I'm doing and they, all, and they usually tip super hard.
2: I got excited when you said that you started doing pandemic. If you remember our initial call, I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Do you think so how do you think that the fact that you started doing pandemic will help you once pandemic is over?
0: I think it's given me a lot of confidence because if I've made a if I've been able to grow a business and keep it profitable moving forward during a global pandemic and economic crisis, then hopefully when we can move on from some of this and the world starts to stabilize, it can only get easier. It'll get harder as the company grows. I'll have more responsibility. But if I can make it work now, then I can make it work under any circumstances. Because I for a while there at the beginning, it was it was really hard. Starting during the pandemic was like a lot of no's like nobody. A lot of people didn't even care what I was doing. People were afraid to talk to people. Um, as many yeses I got, I got 100 more no's like rejection all day every day just no no people wouldn't even say anything back to me but I always made sure to say hi to everybody and greet everybody um, but then people got to know me and as the, as, the pand- pand- as we pulled out of the pandemic people got more comfortable with talking to me and now it's been rocking and rolling but the first couple of months were pretty hard
2: so what would you advise because I'm not asking you because you got toughened in LA with your job but if somebody starting right now and those no's will come big time yeah Yeah. how would you what would advise them how you overcome those no's and focus on your let's say business or every day
0: you just got to power through it and just and just kind of ignore the no's and just when you get that one yes though it makes it all worth it you know for sure but if you don't get anything just no's then you're doing something wrong at that point point, i might might take a look at, at your approach possibly you know
1: you were mentioning before that you are also going now online with your, uh, host, uh, with your retail beanbags? Correct. Correct, yeah. How are you doing that? How did you start it? What are you doing now?
0: I launched an online store maybe about a month and a half ago. I've just been promoting it through my social media page. Um, but the long term goal is to start more of an e-commerce based business. I want to keep the bike fun. I want to keep the bike loose. So I'm really trying to focus on the online store right now and build an email list so I can roll out subscriptions and things like that, um, and start running some ads pretty soon.
1: Okay, you just mentioned what I was about to ask you. It's like you're now we are just selling the retail bags, or you also have subscriptions, and are you also selling like already bottled cold brew or just the bags? So right
0: now, so right now I'm just doing bags. Yeah, yeah. I go back and forth on bottling cold brews a lot trickier as far as permits go like a lot trickier and also the sheer volume you have to do normally when you're when you're canning like i've looked into canning and bottling and the the minimum orders are tremendous yeah yeah so right now it's just retail bags it's all whole bean coffee um i ship anywhere in the u.s not nas- not internationally we didn't we actually forgot to turn off the international shipping and someone ordered three bags from canada and it cost it was a lot to ship the coffee, so we like, learned that mistake pretty quick, so we turned off the international shipping for right now. So you offer but, free, shipping. free shipping? Free shipping over $50, okay. yeah. yeah. It's $5 for shipping, and then any order over 50 you get fifty or more you get free shipping on the website.
1: And do you think you have the same customer base on the website that on your uh, Cold Brew card, or is it like a different
0: crowd? Um, it's the same crowd for the most part it's pretty much people that are on my social media page I've had a few random people find out about me I'm not sure how yet Um, but mainly it's anybody who follows me on social media that doesn't live in Santa Cruz because 99% of my following is Santa Cruz based so there's not a real incentive for them to come order coffee off the website because they can come check me on the coffee bike and grab it in person Um, but I'd say anybody who doesn't live in Santa Cruz has been ordering off the website for sure Yeah. thank you Yeah, for sure.
5: I just had a quick question about um, your packaging. So where do you package? How much do you package at a time? And where do you store it?
0: I package at Pulley. They actually have bagging equipment there. Everything's hand labeled. I label all the bags by hand, and then they have bagging equipment and sealing equipment at Pulley. So I bag and seal everything there myself. Um, Right now I'm roasting about 200 pounds every other week. Two or 220 pounds every other week.
5: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much.
2: Okay. A few follow up questions. Uh, you said you have shipping for five bucks. Correct. Correct. You're losing money on that? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, we do the same with Green Plantation. We a little bit lose money, but we, right. because it turns out that it's true for me, and I was wondering if it's true for the other customers, is when I'm buying something and the shipping costs more than the product itself. I just psychologically I go like, Oh, I'm not going to buy it. Right. Absolutely. So sometimes it's worth, you know, to lose the money and kind of like ease the shipping. And especially if you are towards competition, better with shipping it, you, you might win, although your coffee is more expensive, for example. So it works.
0: it's one of those things you kind of have to do, especially with Amazon. Like they changed the game for a lot of, a lot of people because everyone's so used to not paying for shipping at all and having it show up the same day, the next day.
2: Do you sell on Amazon?
0: Do I sell on Amazon? No, I do not. Okay.
2: Yeah. We did. You did, you did? yeah. Not, How was that? Not for us.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, not for us. But depends on the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have a product I might be putting on Amazon pretty soon. Um, it won't be whole bean coffee, um, but it might be a. I might have something on Amazon soon. Okay, so it's
2: secret. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. No worries. Okay. So other question is like, uh, why did so? If I think of coffee and where the money is. It's usually the beverages right so why did you decide that you don't want to do let's say uh three or four carts but you want to focus on online and e-commerce where the margins are lower than let's say on a cold brew beverage
0: the possibility for volume is a lot higher e-commerce based so the brand is what i'm trying to build um it was always i always had a bigger vision for the bike the bike was always meant to be a starting place again with multiple bikes comes a different different set of responsibilities. Now I'm a manager all over again. Now I've got people to keep track of. Um, There's a lot of cash involved in the bike, so it's like, it makes it tricky for having employees. I'd have to trust somebody. I'm honestly not ready to put my brand in the hands of anybody else yet. It's still too new for me. And starting from nothing and and building it up, literally from the ground up, um, I don't feel comfortable passing it on to anybody and having anybody else represent it. I've kind of become the brand People come and see me, they talk to me, they hang out at the bike, they like to see where the brand's going and how the company's growing. Um, and I kind of have become coffee conspiracy. And I've talked to some of my customers about it because I've gone back and forth on whether or not getting just one employee to operate the bikes on, on days I'm not there, but people don't think it would be the same without me.
2: Interesting. So I, the reason why I never started Cafe is exactly the same. Uh, well, never, I did start once cafe, and I hated every second of it because I had to manage people and not roast coffee and work with coffee, which I initially thought I would do. I had to manage people, and I had the same situation where some of them were stealing and i and I trust you right away i don 't you know accuse you i don 't want to check on you like we 're going to steal or how are you going to cheat me I always say i don 't want to be your police officer you know that's that 's not my job. And I decided I I myself, I would never start a cafe for exactly the same reasons. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun doing what I do now. So I want to keep it fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, who designed your logo? Who designed your packaging? And how do you see it evolving in the next, let's say six, seven months? I had a, uh, well, I guess I could call him
0: a buddy. We've actually never met in person, but it was one of my ex-girlfriend's friends and he's a tattoo artist and a graphic designer. So he helped me come up with my, come up with the logo design for the company. Um, and I designed the packaging with another graphic designer who I'm kind of working with solely now. Um, she does graphic design for several for other coffee companies. Um, and we've built a really good relationship and I feel like she has a really good understanding of the brand and what I'm trying to portray with it as far as the packaging goes. So it was a collaboration of me and her working on the packaging together, which I'm really proud of. I actually brought a couple bags with me today. Um, So yeah. Uh,
2: Where do you see it evolving? The packaging? yeah. Like for example, do you think uh, that you're going to uh, redesign the design? Do you maybe think that you pick some more sustainable, less sustainable packaging. So do you think that it's going to be changing? You know?
0: it's, it's possible that it changes to a branded, uh, a printed bag on the front and we'll just change out the back label. That's something that's been tossed around because right now I do, a la- I do two stickers, a front and back label. Um, I really like it. I like the way that it looks with a front and back label. I think it fits the brand really well. It's been talked about doing a printed bag on the front, but I go back and forth with it. It's all going to come down to cost cost effectiveness for that one.
2: Oh, you're thinking of volume, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it will be, I guess, cheaper when you print big uh, quantities. But you know who needs rebranding? Who's that? Daniel. Oh, it is, oh it, yeah. It is slack coffee, boy. You know he has a Slack coffee, the Slack bag. Sorry, the Green Coffee Company. Oh has. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll show you his bag. It's horrible. Yeah. But his uh, main brand is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Who's your importer, wholesaler, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Uh, So I kind of activated all assets on this one. I source coffee from all over. I've used Royal Coffee in Oakland. Um, Pulley actually gets some great coffee. They work with some farms directly in Nicaragua. Um, The first runs of coffee I got were were for some friends at Unity Coffee. I don't know if you're familiar with with Unity Valerian. They're based out of Brooklyn and New- and uh, Los Angeles, and they're a sourcing and roasting company. So I source some coffee through them. They do a lot of cool micro lots and stuff like that. Um, but there's so many there's so many places to get coffee now um, between all the importers and then also a lot of farms are going direct now with social media. All these farms can run their own Instagram pages. Um, the next couple bags of coffee that I have coming, I'm getting from a farm that reached out to me on social media. They um, they're doing direct trade, like a lot of farms now are going direct trade. So if you just go through Instagram um, and start trolling some hashtags, you'll find
2: all kinds of coffee producers. How do you buy that? So do they send you samples or you just go like, oh, I like you. I'll buy some bags.
0: They send me samples and then like this this company I'm going to be working with that's out of Colombia. They house all their coffee at the annex in Oakland, um, which is nice because I roast in Oakland. So
2: I love that we have we had a student last time who is representing a couple of farmers from Nicaragua, and uh, that's what they do. I think they ship from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But they also kind of like they're building a social media presence from Nicaragua, but they have the coffee here. So if somebody orders it, they don't ship it from Nicaragua, but, you know, they just ship it from here.
0: I'm trying to keep everything on the West Coast for right now until we have more more, more volume. Because there are some other places to get coffee, like Cafe Imports in Wisconsin, I believe, or Minnesota. But shipping that stuff is... It gets really expensive when you start getting into freight shipping
2: yeah it's it's kind especially of, right now we have some uh consultancy clients from alaska and for the main cost or main thinking how to get is not even like over virtual bite but it's like how much it would cost me to ship it to all the way to alaska you know sure so the roasters have hard time there maybe somebody should start a importing company to alaska hint hint yeah. yeah, 10 right? please <laughs> <laughs> All right, no more questions, all right, so uh you guys are super uh you, you are very efficient when it's with your answers, so that's really cool, uh, not like when I interview let's say Dan, poor Dan, I'm going to budget it <laughs> no. poor Dan, we love Dan we love him that's why I do it i mean he's i mean he he showed me how to do espresso right, so you know after twenty years, I was butchering it, so it's kind of cool yeah, yeah. but I really want to know on as we kind of ending this podcast I want to know. Uh, what are your plans, right? Obviously, you said that e-commerce, but really, like, where do you see yourself in five years, for example, as a successful coffee person or as a successful coffee business? Or what would it take to give up?
0: I will never give up, for sure. I got a taste of working for myself, and I couldn't imagine ever going back and working for anybody else ever again. I've gotten so used to making my own schedule. Um, I just had this conversation with my fiance the other day because she's like, what would you do if you had to go back? I'm like, it's not even an option at this point. Like, I've already come so far that there's no there's no other option except to just keep going forward Um, in the next next five years. I'd love to open up my own roastery. That's where where I kind of see it going. I'd love to grow into a position where I could open up a roastery and have a warehouse and be one of the largest e-commerce based coffee companies in the United States or the world.
2: Why not? awesome that's that's how you should dream about i you know i i used to used to laugh these off these kind of answers i was like oh yeah whatever you know this but i think you have to have that in you otherwise why would uh, you, even you have start? to exactly yeah, yeah
0: yeah and you have to think big there's a great book never underestimate the power of thinking big i encourage everybody to get it and read it um it's a great motivational book um but i don't think i think as i think as a culture we've been kind of taught not to think big and it's it's not okay to dream big and think big and to want to be successful, but there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Well, I have one person who I really love, probably my favorite person in the world. And she, uh, she always says, I don't want to get disappointed. And I'm like, you know, and so she, basically because she doesn't want to get disappointed. She always, she never anticipates the best and she never wants to kind of believe in a big. and, I think that that's a wrong attitude in life because you know sometimes life is disappointing and smacks you, but expecting and kind of like going for the big is is super important uh, absolutely i yeah. I know that when we uh when I met Ellie one of the first times and i you know he interviewed me the ground control he's the CEO of ground control he you know I asked well, him what's your goal with this machine i mean it's impressive you know it's very nerdy, it makes awesome coffee, but he said i'm going to want to replace all the filter coffee makers in cafes with my machine and i was like ha, 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 ha!" and he his face was super serious he's like why is this you know clown laughing at me you know and he was right i mean like and they're doing it well not replacing on the world yet but they just going after their dream and they think big and in the past three years or two years since i met him first time they grew big time you know big time, big time. i mean
0: they're slowly are getting one into every single cafe slowly
2: and maybe that's my fault uh with Alnish coffee that i did not think big enough with it you know always was like oh i want to work with a farmer and we want to try former roaster you know uh team and let's see where it takes us maybe that was the wrong thinking where it takes us was not what we have supposed to think, what we're supposed to think. We want to go there and how we get there. So, yeah. Anything's possible.
4: Being process oriented. You know, focusing on not the end goal, but like the quality of the means or the, yeah, the quality of the means, because the quality of the means is going to determine the quality of the end. If you have your, an idea, like, let's say you think huge and your end is huge, you got to make sure that. The process matches that.
0: That you're taking the right steps in the right direction, for sure. That you take the
4: right steps and the quality of those steps is like top-notch all the time. Never compromising it.
0: Uh, Yeah, set standards for yourself, you know, definitely.
2: So with these wise words for the future entrepreneurs, I will end this. Thank you so much, Eddie, to coming here and uh, giving us your wisdom. Uh, Thank you so much for... um, sharing answering questions of our students and thank you guys to asking the questions so I could have a little relax. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so we end it here.